right. Good morning. Welcome to Remarkable Ace, hosted by Remarkable Ace Speakers Bureau. Happy Remarkable Friday, and I'm so excited you're here today. Today is a special day because we have a special guest with us. Now, when salespeople aren't winning deals at the right price, executives and companies and business owners turn to Lee Salt, our guest today. Now, he's a world-renowned sales management strategist and CEO of Sales Architect. Now, he's a recognized specialist in sales differentiation and he helps organizations win more deals at the prices they want. Now, isn't that what we all want? Win more deals at the prices we want? Now, working across all industries and sales organizations, he creates winning sales strategies. Wouldn't we like to hear some of those today? I bet we would. Now, Lee is a sought-after keynote speaker at associations, conferences, sales meetings, and virtual meetings. And guess what? He has a dynamite virtual where he creates your own live tonight show. I love it. Now, he is the best-selling author and award-winning uh, author of six books. His latest, Sell Different, we're going to talk about today. It is a bestseller here, and it was named on the list of the best sales books around the world. Congratulations on that. Now, he recently was named Speaker of the Year for 2022 by the Institute for Excellence in Sales. No wonder they chose him, and I welcome Lee here today. Hello, Sue. Good morning. Good morning. We're here. Oh, to I love the shirt. Yeah. You're representing. I love it. I love it. Now, Lee, you have written two books on the subject of sales differentiation. Yeah. Now, what sparked your interest in that particular part of sales? Great question. So my, my first book on the subject of sales differentiation came out in September 2019. And the new one uh, came out September of last year of 21. So let me come back to, you, to your question about what sparked my interest in differentiation. I'm going to take us back. Remember the Golden Girls? Yeah. Do you remember that, Sue? Oh, yeah. Okay. Picture it. 1986. A high school kid in Marlboro, New Jersey needs a summer job and has a family friend with a revolutionary business idea for a pickup and delivery dry cleaning business. Now, Sue, this is 1986. This isn't today. So that was a time when that service wasn't universally offered like, like it is now. It was rare. And the family friend's name was Dave. And, and Dave didn't own a dry cleaning store. What he saw as an opportunity was to provide transportation to and fro, pick up the dirty clothes, bring them back clean. And Sue, my summer job in 1986, I was his laundry driver and part-time sales guy. And I was really intrigued by this idea. And, and I wondered, would people be willing to pay more for this service? Because it was a cost on top of the cleaning. Because he didn't own the facilities. It wasn't like he could say, well, if you use this service, we knock 15% off. 
And so here I am, a teenager, and needing, needing cash. And this is my summer job in 1986. So, Sue, let me ask you this. Do you think people are willing to pay more for that service? Certainly. Not true. The answer mm. was some people. Some people. So, Marlboro, New Jersey. Sue, do you know where Marlboro is? A little bit. Central New Jersey. Uh, more people know the adjacent town of Freehold, where Bruce Springsteen is from. Okay. So, Central New Jersey. And a lot of people from Marlboro would commute to New York City. It's about two-hour commute. Or to Philadelphia. Hour-and-a-half commute on a daily basis. And those, again, back 1986... People wore business suits. They didn't dress casual like we are today. And those people that had those lengthy commutes were wearing business attire and didn't have anyone at home that that could help out uh, with taking the clothes to and fro. They thought this was brilliant. They wish they'd come up with the idea. But those who worked locally, who had someone at home to help with the clothes or didn't dress for work, well, they wore clothes, but not business attire. They thought we were nuts. Like, who would pay for a service like that? So at 17 years old, Sue, I learned three important lessons that are still valid today. And the first one is that price is not the primary decision factor when people buy. They're willing to pay more for what they feel is meaningful value. Now, a lot of times we talk about value. We toss that expression out all the time. We got to sell value. We forget that descriptor, that word meaningful. And if we don't have meaningful in there, for example, I could have shown up with a flashy bow tie. That would have been different. Wouldn't enhance your experience. So we need to be mindful of the individual we're selling to and have a meaningful value conversation with them. The second one is know your audience. You've got to understand who will perceive meaningful value in what you're selling because if you don't do that, you're going to be chasing people all day long who are going to say, oh, your price is too high, and you'll sell nothing. If I would have done that in 1986, if I would have chased people that didn't have the commute, didn't get dressed up for work, didn't have someone or, or had someone at home that could handle the dry cleaning, I would have sold nothing, would have tanked the business. And as a matter of fact, that business went gangbusters. And the third takeaway for me was know your differentiators. Again, we talked about meaningful value, positioning the ones that are relevant to the individuals that you're interacting with. So I became intrigued by the subject of sales differentiation at 17, but Sue, I've never been more passionate about it than I am today. And I certainly know in my industry that we're in together, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. It makes a big difference. Oh, thanks for that. Great tips. Did everybody get that? I'm, I'm sure everybody's writing down. Right now, okay? <laughs> and he's drinking his water. I'm drinking my tea. So, hey, have fun with us today. Now, since your book entitled Sell Different yeah. or Different. Well, you got the shirt on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I have to ask the obvious question. I mean, everyone's probably sitting there saying, is she going to ask that one? Hmm. What okay. is different? about sell different now sue is that nice you invite me on your podcast and right in the first few minutes you're putting me on the spot is that really a fair question to ask me what's different 
Well, of course it is. Hey, salespeople, whether buyers ask you that question like Sue just did or not, that's the big question on their mind every time they meet with you. They want to know what's different. And if you can't articulate it, if you can't demonstrate it, Sue, you know what wins the day? Price. And if you're not the low price provider, that is not good news. So what's different about sell different? Well, there's several things. Sales has never been tougher for most salespeople than it is today. Competition is fierce. Difference in features and functions have become so narrow, so subtle from one provider to the next, it's harder than ever to differentiate. Gosh, it's it's so hard to reach people today. They're working from home. So how do you do that? You see, because I haven't come across one sales management profession professional that said, you know, I know it's tough out there. We're going to lower your quota by 30%. Go ahead and sell the deal at 50 lower margin points. Not one sales manager has said that, right? Every sales manager is saying, you need to get out there and win more deals at the prices we want. And by the way, your quota went up 30%. Well, how do you do that given these conditions? Quite frankly, how do you do it in any conditions? Well, you need to sell different. Well, what does that mean? That means looking at every touch point, every interaction you have with a buyer and identifying ways to outsmart, outmaneuver, and outsell them. And that's what this book helps you do. So from how you generate leads, Sue, referrals, such an important part of the business, how you handle discovery meetings. And I'll give you a little tidbit. I just signed with Harper Collins for a new book that's exclusively dealing with the construct of an effective discovery meeting. A lot of books out there, including my own, Touch Upon Discovery. This book is dedicated to the subject. There's even a chapter in the book on virtual selling. And what's interesting about that, when I was when I first contracted for that one, there was no pandemic. There was no need to virtual sell. Well, guess what? We had a pandemic and we needed how to sell virtually because you know what? That's not going away. Buyers love it. Companies have found it makes salespeople more efficient. And there's a chapter in the book on how to do it effectively, how to deal with the ultimate deal killer, fear of change, and much, much more. And, and here's one of the important things about this book that I think our, our viewers will really appreciate. Each one of the chapters, there's 15 chapters, is dedicated to a strategy. Doesn't matter what you sell, doesn't matter to whom you sell, will help you win more deals to prices you want because I provide step-by-step -step instructions on how to implement it. So many books I've come across over the years, or, or if I go to a talk, you, you hear all of these ideas. Boy, this would be wonderful. But if I don't hire the guy, I can't implement it. Well, when I put this book together, I made it so that you don't need to hire me to put it into practice. If you buy Sell Different, you read each chapter, ah, now I know how to put it in place. So that's, again, you ask what's different? That's an important difference. And I'm the narrator of this audio book. So you get to hear my stories, my energy, as I share the concept of Sell Different with you. How's oh that God. for meaningful differences, Sue? That sounds great. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> writing. And my director, she's got it all. We've got, we're going to have it rebroadcast. Hey, we'll get it. You know, this is great. Thanks for sharing your exclusive news coming too. Absolutely. I love that. Don't we like new exciting things coming? Now, um, in your book, mm -hmm. you take issue 
with the common contrast of mm-hmm. salespeople and athletes. Now, why is that an issue? You really know how to raise my blood pressure on a Friday, Sue, don't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought I would give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, so so often salespeople are contrasted with professional athletes. And I can see, I mean, is there, there's that competition, you know, as a part of it. But there's one difference, <clears throat> excuse me, so significant that it almost completely negates that comparison. If you think about what a professional athlete does, they invest hours, days, weeks, months, years perfecting their craft so that when they're in that moment of competition, they perform flawlessly. But what do most salespeople do? They play the game over and over again, hoping to be better the next time. And that difference is so significant that we shouldn't use the expression salesperson and professional athlete in the same breath. Shouldn't do it. Now, there is an expression in the sales profession, which is professional salesperson. And no one can give you that title. That's something that you earn. Well, how do you earn it? It's by making a commitment to continuous self-improvement. It means waking up every single day and looking for ways to make yourself more valuable to prospects and clients tomorrow. That you're insatiable in your search to enhance your knowledge, enhance your skills, because that's what the professional athlete does. They're looking for ways to get a leg up. So we talk about sell different, outsmart, outmaneuver, and outsell the competition. That's taking action every single day. I don't care if it's a vacation. I don't care if it's a weekend. Do something every single day to make yourself more valuable to your prospects and clients. Then, and only then, are you a professional salesperson. Wow, that is so great. That that makes a difference to me. And I understand you have a lot of experience in the athletic world. Can mm-hmm. you share that with us? Well, I have two sons that play college baseball. And in chapter one of Sell Different, I, I share the story of my older son, Stephen, and the recruiting experience that, that he went through as it relates to, to sales. So I remember during his junior year of high school, my wife, Sharon, and I were saying, you know, Stephen, you need to set up the college visits. got to set up the college tours. It was a little slow in doing so. Come to find out a lot of high school juniors are a little slow in scheduling those visits. Well, he was a high school baseball player with aspirations of, of playing in college. And that summer, he was asked to play on our city's American Legion baseball team. And if you're not familiar with American Legion, this is where all the college scouts come looking for top talent. And in a one-week tournament, Stephen hit four home runs and three doubles. So no longer were we asking Stephen to contact the college's The colleges were coming to us. Now, if you've ever been through a college recruiting experience before, you know it's a sale. These coaches are trying to sell you on their institution, but they can't differentiate what they're selling. They can't add a major. They can't build a dorm. They can't move the campus. Those are all fixed assets. But every one of them has the opportunity 
to sell different. How can they do that? In the experience that they create when they're recruiting athletes. So, you know, when you first to when you, when you first cross onto a college campus, as soon as you go over the border, your blood pressure jumps about thirty points. Do you know why that is? It's not the tuition. Any guesses? Hmm. It's because you can't find a place to park. Okay, that's right. That's what I was fixing to say. <laughs> Every no, parking no, lot. Find a place to, to get on the campus, okay? Right. Every okay. parking lot on a college campus says, welcome to our fine institution, but park here and we're going to tell you. Well, this one school we visited, we pull into the parking lot and there's a spot with Stephen's name on it. Stopped us dead in our tracks. Then we go inside. There's an agenda for the day with Stephen's name printed right at the top. What did this institution spend to do that? A penny for the paper and the ink? But think about how they made us feel. They made us feel like Stephen was the only athlete they were recruiting anywhere on the planet, any sport they offered. Of course, that wasn't the case, but that's how they made us feel. Another school we visited, it was a rainy day. And the coach said, hey, Stephen, when you get here, send me a text, which he did. Three assistant coaches come out with golf umbrellas, escort us into the facility. We sit down with the head coach and he says, I hope you don't mind, but I didn't invite admissions to join us here today. I'm going to do the tour. Spent four hours with us that very first day. After that visit, he was sending emails and, and calling Stephen, not saying, did you make a decision? Getting to know him, seeing how his senior year of high school was going. Invited Stephen to come back to campus, have dinner with a bunch of the players, and go to women's volleyball game. Now, Sue, how do most kids find out that they were accepted to a college? Get a letter in the mail, right? I received a letter, yeah. Yeah, you get a letter. And we always want the thick one, right? Thin one's bad news, thick one is good yeah. news. But that's not how Stephen found out he got in. He got a phone call from this coach saying, welcome to Augsburg University, and he accepted. So a little dad brag moment. Uh, Steven's a senior at that college now. He's been Dean's List every semester there, and he's the top offensive player on their team. So proud papa right here. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That opens up. It's really get, creating an experience of they did. service. And, and they did. And they did. That's, That's what those two coaches did so, so well. They and created an experience for us. And, and that's what we don't take time to do, do we? No, we don't. You see, we, we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day where we'll have 10, 15, 20, 25 conversations with prospects and clients. What we fail to recognize is while we did it over and over and over again, they only had one conversation with our company that day. Wow. We get mechanical. It's just another conversation. It's just another meeting. It's just another presentation. Mm -hmm. It's just another proposal. We forget to make people feel special. And I don't care what you're selling. You have the opportunity to do just that. And if you think about the people that you enjoy doing business with, it's not low price. That's not why you enjoy doing business with them. No. It's how they make you feel when you're transacting business together. 
that's why you continue working with them. It is. It really is. It makes that difference. Now, in our industry, mm -hmm. as a speaker in today's world, you really have to sell yourself, don't you? You do. We really don't do. realize we're all salespeople. Even if we don't have that professional salesperson behind our name, we are. And people right. are chatting about your book. I just wanted to let you know. Oh. They're, they're listening. They're listening. That's great. That's great. But in our world today, yes, what's the hardest part about getting a potential client that wants to hire you to speak, to hire you over someone else? What's the hardest part? Um, I wouldn't describe it as the hardest part, but the question that they want to know is what's the audience going to get out of it? Okay. And it's funny, I just spoke in Atlanta at a uh, national sales conference earlier this week. And afterwards, my client comes up to me and he says, we are so philosophically aligned. Everything you said up there is so aligned with our world. Now, of course, that made me happy hearing that, but that wasn't accidental. I spent time with him long before the conference. And one of my big questions that I asked him, I said, so imagine I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm packing up. I'm leaving. It was a great keynote if I accomplished what? And he shared with me his criteria. Now I knew it was important to him. I learned his nomenclature. For example, I'm writing a book on discovery. And that's the expression that I use. They call it a diagnostic. I changed the nomenclature of my keynote to match their environment, which helped with, with engagement. So as you can probably tell from our talk today, I've got a lot of energy. And of course, that's important with the keynote. But just like I described with the book, the keynote, you walk away with actionable ideas, things you can put into practice now without spending one penny to do so. Wow. All right. That sounds great. That sounds like we're ready to go out there and conquer the world. How about everybody else out there? Aren't you ready? I am. But uh, one thing, though, that we're talking about in this whole picture here, too, is you talk a lot about strategic selling opportunity that over 99% of salespeople, us included, miss. Now, mm. that's a big number. You're saying that is a big number. Of salespeople miss this one thing. Um, yes. What opportunity are we missing? That's a great question. I'm being conservative when I say that 99.999% of salespeople, I think the number is even bigger. And this is an opportunity that they're missing and they should not be missing out. So imagine we have this great discovery meeting. When I say great, we found pain and they're ready to take action on it. We position our differentiators. They ate them up. You've got action items. They've got action items. The deal's so good, you can almost taste it. And as you're walking back to your car, that plays in your head. That meeting plays in your head like your favorite movie, Caddyshack. And here's the flaw. We think that, move, that meeting plays just as vividly in their heads as it does for us doesn't dawn on us that after our meeting, they had seven other meetings, 120 emails, 16 voicemail messages, each one of them layering on top of our meeting, making it a distant memory. So here's the opportunity that over 99.999% of salespeople miss out on. 
It's the recap email. And this recap email was so important. There was a study done by Herman Ebbinghaus in the late 1800s where he developed something called the forgetting curve. Are you familiar with that, Sue, the forgetting curve? Mm -hmm. Yes. So people forget half of what they learned after 24 hours. They remember less than 10% a week later. So let's play this out. You had a 60-minute discovery meeting. Day later, they remember 30 minutes. A week later, less than five minutes. Less than five minutes is what they recall. The recap email completely changes that. This is an email you send the same day as the discovery meeting. And it has five sections. Their objectives, what they said they want to accomplish, how we can help, the solutions that we have relative to what they're trying to accomplish, what we said we're going to do, our action items, what they said they're going to do, their action items, and what we agreed to do next. And we lay it out in a structured fashion because we know in most business-to-business decision-making processes, multiple people are involved. You met with one. There's other people that have to turn their keys if this deal is going to happen. So you write it so it can be shared with others so they can get just as excited as the individual is that you met with. Now, one of the things that we also know is people want to feel special. We talked about that with the buying experience. Well, there is no CRM on the planet that can write this for you. The individual you sent it to knows it took you time. You had to do this manually. So you've invested in them, the relationship, and shown genuine interest in them. And it helps you stand out from all the other salespeople trying to get their interest. Wow, that's great. I'm so glad I learned that one. And by the way, that's... I've got that one. This this is the deal. And I keep telling people, even if you do not get the deal, if for whatever reasons you don't, I always send them a thank you note for the opportunity to earn their business. And you know what? You never know when those are the ones that are remembered. And the next time they're looking, they come to you first. I mean, those are the key things. And we keep saying that, but it takes time, doesn't it? And people just don't invest in that. But that's part of the process. And I thank you for sharing that. And Sue, that's an example. That's one of the 15 strategies in Sell Different. There's a chapter dedicated to that. It lays out step-by-step how to put it into practice, even lays out a sample recap email. That's what I mean when I say about what's different about Sell Different is I lay it out so you can immediately take action on it. Wow. And I'm sure your audiences, when you present this, they're sitting there writing as fast as they can. They want to make sure they get that book the next day, right? Yes, absolutely. Or if you have it there, they want it there. Absolutely. So I can see that. Thank you for sharing all this. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time. Now I have one final question for you. Okay. What will you do today to be remarkable? (laughs) I'm going to continue to research and improve in my craft because I'm a professional speaker and so that I'm able to continually deliver value for my clientele. And I'm sure that you accomplish that every day. Every and day. my challenge to our audience here today is the same thing. What will you do to be remarkable today? Now, whether you're in the sales field or not, we all are, really. 
or whether you have things on going on your plate today, you can always take that time out to be knowing that you're going to impact someone's life by doing what you're doing to be remarkable. And that's been, and we want to hear your ideas too, audience. Give us a, a, a message of what you're going to do today to be remarkable because that's what life is. It's exciting. It's fun because we've had some great fun here today. And my child, I want to thank Lee for joining us today. And you see here, I'm sure you will want to have him for your next event because you're right. He's the energy person, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he power lifts. So he makes sure that he's in good shape for you when <laughs> uh, it comes to do that. And I want you to join us next week. Oh, thank you. Hey, we're getting all kinds of comments. Great advice. Thanks, Lee. So thank you. Mark exactly where people were at. And that's great. And we want you to join us back next week when we will have another remarkable uh, speaker, Karen McCullough. Now she's high energy and she brings the message of how to bridge the engagement gap in your organization or even in relationships. She has a great, terrific story to share with us. And we hope you will be back with us for that. Now, we love hearing from everyone and we want to make sure that we're here, that you're following us or if there's anything that we can do extra. Now, Lee, I have one minute left. Okay. And I want to ask you, can we do this? Can I offer a free gift? How about a free signed copy of Sell Different? All right. We got it. And wow. we'll even give them a shirt like you're wearing there so they can. There you go. <laughs> All, right. All right. This is a special gift. So guess what? Here's how you're going to win. You're right there live. You just send us a thing in chat. We'll pick it up. And then we'll have a drawing from everyone who says they want a book. All right. This will be rebroadcast. So everybody can jump in and have fun. That's what we're all about. Because I, I know you want that book. I know you do. And that'll just when, make and Sue, when they, Sue, when they reach out to you, it should say, I'm ready to sell different. All right. <laughs> That's so I'm ready to sell different. That's what you need to put. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. We had so much fun. And I wish for you a remarkable weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye.